Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right, Fernando Alonso here. Out of car racing and being from Spain and that. Whenever I'm looking for a well-good classic car, I go to carandclassic.com. They've got over 35,000 cars and bikes for sale at any given time, and now they do online auctions with no buyer's fees. Personally, I've got my eyes peeled for a tidy Talbot Horizon. Ay ay ay. Smith & Sniff is sponsored by Car & Classic. Yeah, I do know Lewis Hamilton. He thinks I'm a knob. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, the podcast in which two friends talk about cars and many other things. Guys, listen. Look. Serious question. Have you ever really listened to the sound a donkey makes? Like, really listened? <laughs> Properly listened to the noises? They are... Are they a sort of... It's... It's like a sort of hee-haw, isn't it, rather than an eeyore? Because they're quite aggressive. Yeah, there's, it's all teethy, isn't it? It's all teethy. <laughs> it is teethy. Teethy it's, and... It's, or is it the other way around? No, it is like in a very... It's like an aggressive wheeze. Like someone yeah. who's having like someone who's having a, quite a bad allergic reaction to some, some yes. food or respiratory yeah. issues. Wait, um, he's having shellfish. You know he's not allowed. <laughs> yeah, it is, there is a bit of that. But it's... It's a. It's really loud, which you knew, but it's. Mm. I think there's there's an ex there's an ex there's an ex exhale noise and there's an intake noise, yeah. and they're both quite <laughs> they're quite hardcore. A I, donkey's two stroke. Is it just it's just an in and out? I think it could be. It's, they've got an inlet and an exhaust valve, <sighs> definitely. But they yeah. do a they do a like a they do a a friendly kind of sigh version. And then they do a really shrill, Mm. quite 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 scary, I think. Um, Yeah, and 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 you're probably wondering why why are we talking about sort of donkeys in inhale exhale? Because we're Britain's biggest car podcast, Johnny. That's why. (laughs) Well, the reasons all cars all of the time. The reasons of us. I got fed some of these. Uh, I, I got fed a donkey video on Instagram, and I wasn't searching for donkey videos. I hadn't got any previous history of donkey videos. Please don't go down that road. And, but now you've watched a donkey video, you fool. You'll get loads of donkey videos served in your suggestions. Oh, yeah. Like, like, that time oh. when I just seemed to get endless maritime disaster videos for no apparent reason, except maybe I watched a canal boat crashing once. Endless maritime crash videos. Yeah, I do remember that. So yeah, they've I'm, gone away now. Well, I'm probably going to get fed some so, a lot of donkey shrill donkey noises. <laughs> Dinster, your leading source of donkey-based social media. Oh gosh. So I, but I, the reason why I I was watching this and I put it down and I was washing up and. You know when you leave your phone running and you're doing something else and it will just keep playing the same video 
over and mm. over again until you lock the phone or get mm. rid. And I and yeah. I guess I had wet hands and stuff. I I just didn't bother going back to my phone. So I heard this same this same soundtrack and what it was was a donkey that hadn't seen the little girl that brought it up as an orphaned foal for many years and it was really pleased to see her and right but the sound i thought was quite akin to uh, a turbocharged car with a dump valve it really uh, is quite because yes. you get the intake snort and then you get the blow and then you get the back end <laughs> And I thought, and especially if you're a bit fluttery on the gas, which people with those sorts of dumbbells tend to be because they'd like to celebrate the fact they fitted the uh, the component. Yeah. Um, I just started hearing this and I couldn't unhear it. And I couldn't stop my phone because I had wet, suddy hands. <laughs> and I thought mm-hmm. I'd just... And then, yeah, it got me thinking it's a bit like, you know, drift cars are mostly turboed. And I do like mm. watching POV drift videos just to watch the footwork frankly um the foot Ah. and the hand work because anyone at the top of their game as an athlete or a talented person it's just a joy to to see how they Mm. do what they do so i always enjoy watching that people yeah but of course on a drift when you're trying when you sort of sometimes you'll you'll over initiate into a uh a corner so over-initiate. Over-initiate, I think. I don't know if that's the actual term they use, but you so you initiate the drift by unsettling the car, right? Uh-huh. And then you have to catch it and then hold it. And so when you've over-initiated, sometimes the car's maybe gone a little bit beyond what it should have done, and you're still carrying yes. a lot of speed. So they're hard on the on the handbrake, so they're, they're dabbing the wand, but yeah. they're, not, they're not using the throttle. Sometimes they'll be totally off the throttle for seconds. And and then they're back on the throttle. But the reason why I'm saying this is because they'll modulate the throttle. They don't very, they don't really leave the gas down hard. This is not a burnout. No. This is so you'll get that flutter, 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 gas, gas off, gas off, gas off. And it does sound like a donkey yeah. because donkeys are quite. It does sound quite aggressive sometimes. Oh, totally. A little bit scary. Yeah. Uh, I'm a bit. I think they're quite a daunting sounding animal. <laughs> I mean, in many a bit ways, like a goose. Are- Geese is quite oh, God. daunting. Geese, geese are definitely daunting. I've had geese all around my office in the last few weeks, and I'm a bit scared to go out. <laughs> if I go out to my one of my cars to get, I don't know, I've, I've left something in the boot. It's like I've got goose. By geese. I've got goose mafia outside. <laughs> I've got like ghetto geese. <laughs> and you know what they do? <laughs> do you know what they do? They go down. They go down yeah. really low with the, the neck and the head, really low. With like a where it looks like an S bend from the back of a sink in their neck. <laughs> When they do that, you're in trouble. <laughs> they go down exactly like that. They've got the S-bend neck. The head is really low to the ground. Like, um, really you know, low. when a Concorde comes down to land and it tilts It's exactly its like that, isn't it? It yes. tilts the nose. And yes. I said, or tilted, because past tense, because it doesn't do it anymore. But you know what I mean? Yeah. So mm. it does that, and you know, and it starts the hiss, and you think, I'm not going to my car. I'm not, I'm not. No. This thing's going to win. I'm leaving. So do you basically live in your office now because you can't get out? Oh, yeah. I needed to go home for an important appointment. I missed my children's sports day. Um, just have I've to get Deliveroo and let the moped guy <laughs> into the office. Just keep moving, keep moving. Go, go, go. <laughs> right, been, now you're trapped here. I've yeah, got six delivery I, riders in my <laughs> office now. They live with me. Well, what I've done is I've I've sent a text to a to no name full suspension bike guy, and I've said I'm going to pay you to be a decoy. Okay, ah. I can get two pouches of drum, 
and all you've got to do is you've got to tw- you've got a twelve twelve gear wheelie past the past the office, really close to the sort of the low necked goose that's angry. Oh, and it will follow flipping you. Flipping heck! I think I've seen the local no name full suspension mountain bike guy in my city. No. Yeah, I was in the centre of Bath Bath the other day, and this guy. Now the only thing was, it wasn't full suspension. Ah. Uh, but shit. it was absolutely unbranded there, was, there wasn't a sticker or decal on this thing and i suspect though i could i was in a car i couldn't hear i suspect the chain was religiously unoiled oh absolutely looked, i mean it looked like it had been fished from a canal this thing it was absolutely ruined bike but he, also he put he left it out in the rain and he'd accidentally tipped a tin of brine over the chain set yes, just before going yeah. into town but honestly this bloke looked like he lived on rolled cigarettes and Jaffa cakes he was I- incredibly hollow cheek <laughs> and and sort of flaxen of hair and it just, I was like there he is there's the guy every That's, town's got one there's ours every town does have one I'd like how do we you know like Avengers assemble how would you get them all into one place for a race <laughs> <laughs> what like in that Olympic velodrome in East London oh my gosh that'd be amazing if you just said we will pay your travel, when you get there, there will be there will be supermarket cider and there will be rollies available. Yes. Oh, yeah. You've got to have uh, I don't know a, a, a liter is a liter too much of white lightning or similar. No, I don't um, think it's too much. I'd say one and a half is probably about the bloody hell about the standard. Right. Before you set off, now there's certain other conditions in the race, such as you must stop at some point of your choosing within i don't know whatever it is 30 laps and 30 roll and smoke a cigarette 30 no you do it while you're riding you do it while you're doing no no handed oh but you've got to stop to roll it and then so it is a test of skill and speed and then you've got to set off smoking it yeah yeah okay that's fair enough yeah yeah uh what about have you got to have a bag of cans on the handlebars Yes, you can choose. You either you either hold you either balance the cans just in their four ring pull or their six ring pull, uh, six mm. ring the hoop, whatever plastic thing, or you yep. have a really slack, thin, possibly dangerous bag that they're in, and that could yep. break at any moment. Yeah, 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 definitely. And those are and the then, risks that you take as the as the athlete. And I suppose the winner gets a new canal barge to live on. Yeah, the winner gets a new narrow boat. Um, and uh, and a cleaner. And I've got, I don't know. It's because I live in the West Country now. But in the past week, I've met two people who live on narrow boats. <laughs> well, just remember the West Country. Uh, I've said this in previous casts. Having having dwelt there my 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 early years, mm. the 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 New Age traveller thing was prevalent. Yeah. So I think it's a continuation of the New Age traveller type of person. They, yeah. they 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 don't want to be anchored down to a specific place. The good thing about a narrowboat is theoretically you can travel around a lot. Although the reality mm. is 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 the Perkins diesel engine probably hasn't been started in two years, and you'd be damned <laughs> yeah. if it's going to run this week. <laughs> so <laughs> it's got basically toffee in the fuel line. <laughs> exactly. After so a harsh winter. So you end up just getting all your mates round, and you you pull it on a rope down the river fifty meters because you have to get out of the marina <laughs> um, because there's been a problem. I don't know what that would be. Um, 
So, yeah, I, I do know. I was going to say, you know, because I lived in London for 20 years and never once met somebody who lived on a narrowboat. I've been here less than a year and I've, you know, in the space of a week met two people. But I realised I did know someone who briefly lived not on a narrowboat, but on like one of those converted. Um, what would it have been? I don't know. Might be a Dutch, Dutch barge. Would be a wider yes, one. Dutch I one. guess it would have been. Yes, that's it. And it was in a nice spot on the River Thames. Yeah. And I remember thinking, how idyllic. But actually, he explained that it wasn't really because it was chuffing cold when the weather was was cold. Yes. And an overpowering smell of diesel at times. Oh, gosh, there's two things. You're not selling it to me with those two things. Not at all, no. no and just go, oh, river living. And just go, oh, actually, that doesn't sound great. Uh, you know, maybe not. You don't pay council tax. Do you not? I think because it's, it's, it's not a permanent dwelling. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. you do have I to pay more I guess they come after rights. you, just drive off very slowly, and they can walk after you for as long as they can be bothered. But well, it's they, not, yeah. It's, yeah, you have to say, if you're coming at me, can you give me an hour's grace so I can just strike up the old, yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to put my way out really sadly. <laughs> They're coming, go! My you're walking faster than the boat, going, listen, I know where you're going. We will find you. <laughs> if you yes, well, I know where you're going. You're going over there. No, I'm not. I, might, I could go to Birmingham if I wanted to. No. Give me a few weeks. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, and then there'll be, and then there'll be, they'll hatch a cunning plan in his completely stone state of like, if I paint the barge a different colour, they'll think it's a different barge. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you get or all just your paint mates. the side that's closest to the bank. That's right, the <laughs> bank side because you only got you haven't got enough time or money for paint. So you yeah. get all your mates round and a load of no name cider, and you go, mm-hmm. yeah, let's do that side orange. Yeah, brilliant, done. Um, Noi, I've got a few bits of business that I need to pick up from last week's podcast. Well, the first one is Miami Vice. Yeah. Ooh, you've created a sensation with that. We've had so many messages from people either going, yeah, I've watched Miami Vice in recent memory, and Johnny's right, it's brilliant. Or people going, oh, wow, I'm going to start watching Miami Vice. Or even people going, I have started watching Miami Vice, Johnny was right, it's brilliant. So the headline is, you were right, Miami Vice. It's apparently brilliant. I'm afraid I haven't started watching it yet, but it's on my list. Well, I can say that um, I think I messaged you last night. Last night, I started Series 2, and uh, the excitement is building. They, in the first episode of the second series, they go to New York City, where they, you know, they don't really fit in because they're wearing Miami clothing. um, (laughs) What this? What kind of, what is this? They're just pointing at their tans. You're sick? There's a lot of that stuff going on, and it's and and um, there was a bit of woolarding. I might have t- taken a still photo. Oh, you sent me that screen grab, yes. Yeah. Now, foreign visit linen woolarding, linen woolarding. Yeah. So Miami woolarding. So if you're not mm. if you're not British, if you're listening to this from a different country, you probably wonder what the hell woolarding is. Well, it's a colloquialism for one of the very first Top Gear presenters. Off of the would it was it the seventies or was it mostly the eighties? I think eighties mostly, yeah. A chap called William Woolard, who was a long-standing presenter, and he used to love walking up to a car, and putting his foot on the tire or the bumper, didn't it? Whilst talking mm-hmm. to camera, yeah. Mm-hmm. And hence, 
Well, we've talked about William Bullard in the podcast before because of his infamously nonsensical. Oh, of course, piece to camera. Of, of course, the basically the, a not basically a not which I I have to listen when you made that remix that was was quite funny actually. I had to listen to his original signing off piece to camera just to try and understand where he was going with it <laughs> just thing. but he's not there's, there's, where he's going with it is back to the bar he is not going anywhere with that i mean it's just all words thrown into a pot in different it really is it's it's watching somebody on a balance bar and you know they're about to fall off but they're doing a, a bloody good job of looking like they're going to regain their balance by waggling their arms about a lot but no <laughs> he's he's going over um which of course in TV presenting terms means until then, see you then. Drive safely, <laughs> good night. That's how, that's how he finally topples off the bike. Until see then. then, see you then. <laughs> yeah, it's just nonsense. Anyway, we've covered that one. But yes, woolarding as in putting your foot up on, well, usually in his case, the bumper or the tyre of a car. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, Don Johnson was doing it on some railings. So, that yeah, shot you sent me. Sonny Crockett was walking through the city at night, trying to think over mm. how they were going to uh, do this big drug deal without getting shot and killed. Right, and uh, <laughs> okay. which is you know it's a common obviously, problem. Uh, obviously a heavy heavy thoughts on the mind. So he was relentlessly smoking whilst walking around the neon lit city, and he had one espadrille up on the railing overlooking. Um, the sort of uh, the Hudson River, I think it was, mm-hmm. um, out toward the skyscrapers, and the song "You Belong to the City" by Glenn Frey was, oh. was played. That's the first time I think it's been on the Vice. But um, yeah, have to say, it was really good fun. We, we're still we're still in the Ferrari or faux Ferrari um, Daytona era. We haven't gone to the testicle oh. Rossi yet. But now. I looked this up when I was doing the show notes for the last podcast, and I thought, I seem to remember it said that the Daytona gets blown up in the second series, or is it the third? Maybe it's the no, third. No, I, th- I think it is the second series, but I've only watched, I've only watched one and a half episodes, and then I went to bed. So ah, I'm not okay. the oracle. I'm not the oracle on these things yet. The and the story, I sort of scanned over some stuff about this. The story that they wanted a Ferrari, Ferrari said no. They got the fake Daytonas, which were based on Corvettes. Yeah. And and then the Ferrari came success. back around. Yeah, I guess I see it. It's a series of big hits. And Ferrari went, okay, we went in on this and gave them some Testarossas. I think that's exactly what happened. I never found out whether Don Johnson or... Um, now, what's the chap's other name? Is it Michael Paul Thomas or Michael? Yes, is it? Who's very cool, I have to say. He's actually cooler than Sonny Crockett. I was thinking to myself last night, because there was another ever so slightly embarrassing nightclub scene, and I did think, <laughs> <laughs> I did think, in a nightclub scenario, definitely um, Tubbs is cooler than Crockett. I'd say Crockett. Philip Crockett, Michael Thomas. Philip Michael Thomas, that's it. He, and he he doesn't smoke, whereas obviously Crockett is a a, mm. a massive smoky enthusiast. Mm. So, ah, right, okay, interesting, untrusting, untrusting. Yeah. Well, anyway, you're listening to Britain's leading Miami Vice podcast, and always a white cigarette, always a white cigarette, never 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 an orange filter, always pure white. Ah, and a little, no. a little bit of licking the filter before you start the strike up, which are minty cigarettes. I don't know. 
Or is it just to match the jacket? I don't know. Color coded. Oh, that's sing. it. Maybe yes. It's amazing that the, <laughs> it's amazing that the end of the cigarette paper isn't rolled up to well. expose the tobacco underneath, <laughs> like his jacket sleeves. Um, you make it sound like the old arch liner. The old. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just looked up uh, Philip Michael Thomas because I was wondering what else he did, and the answer is not a huge amount. I think Miami Vice was his sort of. Um, I think it was uh, one of those things where it was so successful peak. it probably became typecast. I mean, Don Johnson did to yeah. a point for a long time. I guess so, yeah. Um, guess how many children Philip Michael Thomas has? Oh, gosh. I don't know. Well, it, this, is, um, this is Wikipedia, so it might be wrong. Four. But bloody hell. Eleven. What? If that's what it says here. He's got eleven children. Well, it also says here, in under the personal life bit of his Wikipedia page, it says Thomas is a vegetarian, non-smoker and non-drinker. So he's freed up a lot more time for shagging. Is that what it actually says? No, I'm just well, oh, I'm right. speculating. You know, right. if, you're, if, you're, if you're not having a glass of wine and feeling a bit tired, you're probably in the mood to get it on 11 times. And, Gosh, uh, so there's been some serious pistoning going on in his time. Um, well, yeah, so it says, in 1986, Thomas married Cassandra Green. They have five children together. In 1998, they divorced. Thomas has 11 children in total. It sort of goes a bit vague there, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> just, I love that. Yeah, there's quite a lot more than five. So can we, can we hear the... This, just, just say 11. <laughs> that sounds impressive, doesn't it? So many um, birthdays and Christmas situations to deal with gosh and it's also okay this is wikipedia so i can't oh, you just don't know do you but uh it, it claims there's a term for performers who have won all four of the major american performing arts awards the emmy the grammy the oscar and the tony and if you've won all four yeah you're now referred to as an egot what that's awful the, that sounds awful yeah, it does sound like the, a baby of something else. But, uh, yeah, Emmy, Grammar, Oscar, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. So, I mean, there could have been a toge. There's lots of things you could have done. that uh, Giot. Anyway, um, but apparently... Well, they're, any they're claiming, Grenadier. I think Jim... Yes. Jim <laughs> it's just, it's just, uh, um, he's just bought the, it. He's just bought it. They, they're, they're claiming that he came up with that. What? What, because he won them all? No, he didn't, but... Oh. Uh, it says again. This is Wikipedia, so we, I, mean, I don't know why are we even quoting this, Wikipedia. I don't know why we're doing I mean, this. The EGOT on. acronym was coined by actor Philip Michael Thomas in late 1984 <clears> when <throat> his role on Miami Vice brought him instant fame, and he stated a desire to achieve the EGOT within five years. There we go. I wonder if he did. He was. He is cooler. Uh, and, and uh, anyway, we've probably talked enough about the Vice. <laughs> I think we might have done. I was, I have so anyway, say. that's one of the things I want to pick up from last week. Just that you're you have started a mini Miami Vice boom. People <laughs> revisiting that show forty years later. After yeah, forty it years later. So um, join us again next week when we're going to talk about Quantum Leap or something. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, well, actually, no. Hang on. When are we in Bristol? I'm going to watch so Desperately Seeking Susan and see what that's all about. <laughs> Go out. She's not that bad. Uh, okay, so the other thing I wanted to just uh, stitch back to last week was a uh, lots and lots of people got in touch to say when we were talking about Paul Hollywood's Great British Bodge Off using baking materials to badly repair cars. Edible body repairs, yes. Edible body repairs. And I said, oh, you can make a backlight out of jelly. Uh, well, that was done, as was the whole thing. When that Skoda advert where they made a Fabia out of cake. Yes, and I'd totally forgotten about that as well. I'd totally forgotten about I that. I felt like such an um, amateur. I know. 
Yeah, you well, it's ironic. Stuff. In a week when we were talking about how the memory is fallible, uh, we then forgot something extremely memorable that was totally pertinent to what we were discussing. But yeah, so I'll, I'll put the link for the Skoda ad in our show notes for patrons. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a, a an excellent ad, and um, with a tagline was. Obviously now I can't bloody remember the tagline. I think it was something like the Skoda Fabia, full of good stuff. Oh, something you can like now that. have your cake and eat it and all. The that. Skoda Fabia, it's fucking delicious. Sweet, something it was along sweet, those lines. Sweet, 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 car. sweet car. <laughs> <laughs> just and the pack shot was just the the cake car. They were just pouring an enormous vat of custard over the top of it. <laughs> sweet, sweet car. And then if it was American market, there'd be three asterisks. Warning, can contain cancer yeah, if you eat too warning. much of it. Two, you will get fat and you probably will die. Three. Car should not be eaten. Do not eat car. This is not sugar. Uh, this is sucralose something, something, something. Yeah. <laughs> May cause fecal urgency and death. Uh, I love fast small print on American ads. It's really... Really takes the shine off. Um, Warning: yeah, This car may not be a car. Off. If you buy it and it's a car, yeah. that's great. But if it's not a car, don't come running to us because it's an indigenous. Do not attempt to drive around a cake. Um, we we told we were told off by uh, someone for our pronunciation of or pronunciation. Even. Pronunciation oh, God, going badly. Pronunciation. That's what a friend of mine used to do when she worked at the BBC. You know, the BBC there used to be the pronunciation department. You could ring them up and go, How "I've got this word that? here." putting in a script don't know how to say it they were great i always imagined i, I used to read them occasionally yeah it was one of those things one of those, i mean i'm sure it's been disbanded now because but it was one of those sort of fabulous throwbacks to when the bbc was entirely self-sufficient you know sort of everything was in-house and um yeah you could just ring this number and i imagined in my head they were in a sort of wood paneled room somewhere i'm sure they weren't i bet they're in a really grotty 60s office TV center, <laughs> but always very sort of quite well-spoken very erudite people someone asked the phone you'd, you'd say oh, i just, just want to check it's spelled like this and and, and they would go oh that's a good one can we bring you back in five minutes and but they, they would always start by going is it broadcast critical oh because if you were hugh edwards and you were going look i'm doing a bulletin in 30 seconds and i'm not sure how you pronounce kandahar they broadcast get straight on critical it. broadcast critical so if you just phoned them up yeah. and just went, look, I'm I'm stuck for a word, and they'll go, I'll stop you there. Yeah. Nonce. <laughs> broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> what about litotes? Would that do? <laughs> How? We've always enjoyed boysenberry. Um, boysenberry, well, they, yeah. They, it was the same if you rang the IT department of the BBC. You know, my computer's not working. Is it broadcast critical? And after this had happened to me a few times, I was tempted to go, well, yes, because we're trying to make a TV show. But what they meant is, you know, One if you were literally about to do news nights, they would probably try and get their asses over there to sort it. Is it like Mission Impossible? Um, you don't know which wire to clip yeah. and you've got 40 yeah. seconds left. <laughs> is it broadcast critical? Yes. Um, so, uh, oh, I can't remember. Oh, yes. No, my friend used to say that she would ring the pronunciation department of the BBC and go, hello, is that the pronunciation department? Because it would really piss them off. Um, but anyway, someone said we pronounced the wheels on that Rover Estora incorrectly because uh, we were saying, we were saying Rostyle wheels. Yes. Uh, not whether they were trims that looked like Rostyles. Um, uh, this, is, this is a person on Twitter whose name, I'm sorry, I can't remember, but they are a scimitar owner. Um, I think they're just called Yellow Scimitar. 
Anyway, so it's a, she's, a, she's a princess then, is what you're saying. <laughs> yes, yes, your, your, your avatar photo looks strangely familiar. Are you on a horse? Do you, um, <laughs> the Yeah, it should be roast style because, and I should know this because I put it in one of my boring car trivia books. They're called that because it was Rubri Owen, the... Um, what, who sort of the design of supplier? Oh, really? Yeah, Rubri yeah. Owen Company that made the wheels. Row styles. They were called Rubri Owen Style Wheels, so R O Style, and then they just shortened it to Row Style. So you know, pronunciation-wise, it should be Row Style. It's but. funny. I've heard people say that not often, but I have heard, and I presumed that we were that we were the right ones and they were the wrong ones. And actually, now we know that we were the wrong ones. Gosh. Oh yeah. Okay, Row Styles. Um, I do love them. What Roast a, styles. Whatever, you know, you say tomato, I say tomato. Whatever. Great, mm. great wheel. Well, I said, uh, yes, I found the name. This, this chap calls himself Yellow Scimitar on Twitter. Yeah. Yellow Pahoot is his actual at handle. Yellow Pahoot? Um, Pahoot. Pahoot is ah. the thing that's happened in <laughs> scimitar circles now. Pahoot stands for Princess Anne had one of those. Seriously? Um, yeah. Oh, my God. I this? did not know that. No. Yeah, I, I, was, I take issue with this because I think correctly, if you're using that trope, it should be Princess Anne had one of those, you know. Uh, so uh, it, had, it should be pahootic. But, that um, sounds better as well, actually. It sounds like a sort of redesigned um, head <laughs> and valve, valve train. <laughs> so it got pahootic inlets on it. It has, actually. It yeah. has. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey, something else about uh, last week's show. This is, just, this is just stitch back corner now. But um, last week, w- w- I was talking about brazing um, MGTFs. And and then we got into uh, a segment we might call Cheap Summer Fun. Because you were. You <laughs> oh, were Z3. About Z3. Z3s. BMWs. And, you know, we went through and obviously I just sort of discounted MX5s as being too obvious. Somebody, and I'm so sorry, I can't find the message where this was pointed out. Somebody said, "What about the Mark III M- MR2?" Oh, the yeah, the the the, the froggy, the, the, the froggy face. Yeah, one. the froggy no boot one. And I was like, "Oh, that was a great car." So I started brazing those, and I discovered that they're, you know, a lot of cars have sort of like one fatal flaw. Yes, and if you you know, so with MG. Fs, TFs, everyone's going, oh, head gasket. Your head gasket's going to go. Is your head yeah. gasket gone? If it's not gone, it's pipes. going. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so it's like Porsche 911s of a certain era. It's like, oh, is your bearing? Your bearing? Or so your bore scores? Your bore scored, are they? Um, bore scores. Turns out those MR2s uh, have one fatal flaw, which is the pre cat. There's a little pre cat, catalytic converter, in the exhaust manifolds which uh, is to clean up the emissions before the main cats have warmed up. The pre-cats start to break up, and then even though they're in the exhaust manifolds, the engine sucks in some of its own exhaust um, gases to clean them up. Oh, no. In certain conditions, and it sucks in little bits of the cat and then... Mulches its engine. Yeah. But then I found an absolute doozy (laughs) of uh, of an MR2 on Car Classic, I think it was. Uh, conveniently for our sponsorship purposes and uh, the guy had made a big thing of it's got an aftermarket manifold on it to remove the pre-cat issues and uh, and so you've got to look for one that's had its had its pre-cat removed and then I presume you just make sure when you take it for an MOT it's all warmed up but um, yeah there was an absolute sweet 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 car for I think like three and a half grand or something I just thought 
that is a lot of summer fun for relatively little money. I mean, it's no £400 MGTF, but I think those MR2s hold their value a bit better because there's not so many of them and they're well made. kind of sought after. Uh, they're Japanese, anyway, so I suppose it would probably just have well, a bit more. I mean, I wouldn't have one. You wouldn't? No. Why not? Because I, I, it's probably four cars I'd, I'd want to buy before that, I reckon. What, Z3 SLK yeah <laughs> yeah i probably would rather have all those i mean i think it's a good car it's just not my bag really oh they were so much fun though they felt really light and a little bit i eva had a long termer and one i was when i was used to sub for them i was up at the office and then i was going away for the weekend so i'm like well you can take the mr2 if you want oh right, fucking great brilliant weekend away in a convertible car and they neglected to mention that the tyres were a little bit worn down because someone had been doing some track work on it or something. <laughs> and it track was sort of, work. I think it was, think it was autumnal times. And it, it autumnal track and, work, you say? No, autumnal track work. <laughs> <laughs> on six music. Um, no, they, I, anyway, suffice to say, there's a, there's a, t- a, a an almost 90 degree bend, but low speed uh, on the way up to Highgate in North London, where I used to live, by the SO petrol station, if you know the area. I know the area. And I was going around there in the damp at all of about 15 miles an hour, and it fucking stepped out unexpectedly and scared the shit out of me because it turned out the tyres were frigged. But otherwise, it was a lovely car. And when it got new tyres on it, it was even nicer. So I've got a bit of a thing for those. I think they're good. Well, if you're talking about long-termers and that kind of price range, I would step in and go, I think I'd rather have a smart roadster. Ah. Because we've uh, we almost certainly mentioned this before on the, on the pod. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's an itch I've never scratched. I remember mm. driving them when they was new, and I know you did more than I did. And uh, I- Yeah, so I had a Brabus Roadster for a year, or almost a year, uh, as a long-term from either my first long-term test car, in fact. Is that your first one? And God, you, that's yeah. a cool thing. That's a cool thing. Well, I'd say, well, see, I never asked for a long-term, because I was a freelancer, and I was... I can't remember at that point if I was subbing for them, or I'd started being an columnist, but I... Uh, I, I was just up at the office one day and they went, oh, so-and-so's left. And someone who worked on the staff had, 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 had left the company. They went, do you want their smart, their smart roads to Brabus to run as a long-termer? Because they can't take it with them. And so that's how it came about. I inherited, not quite dead man's shoes, but, you know, so there was a spare car. And so suddenly I was—I had a long term, and um, that was very exciting. 
That's de- oh, I love that, that car. Deceased job spec. Yes. What you call that? It was. Vacancy spec. Yes. And um, so, it, yeah, I had that almost a year. And, I, I mean, it, it, it wasn't perfect by any means. The ride was fucking awful. <laughs> and there's, there's not much you could do about it. I think when I first had that car, I was convinced it was giving me headaches. And... But then I could never really prove it, and they kind of went away. Maybe my brain just got used to being battered around. And, uh, but then you realise you were uh, you were listening to non-stop um, helter helter and gab, gabber <laughs> music in the morning. <laughs> That's the, that was one of the flaws with the Brabus Roads that people didn't really acknowledge is that the stereo was just jammed on Gabber FM <laughs> and, uh, at high volume. It was a fabulous little car in so many ways. So I and uh, but <laughs> I don't know. Stop they... Gabber music now. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> It's, I know it's just the most the most moronic I made that bloody Gabba version of our theme tune didn't I we played out with a while ago because we were talking about Gabba <laughs> stick it on the end of this yeah. it's Coronation Weekend I mean what could be more or more respectfully regal than a Gabba version of our <laughs> podcast theme tune <laughs> happy Coronation your majesty actually yeah we must we must come on to uh, talking about uh, King Charlie and all that and all that, yeah. but I um, but continue. But no, smart roaster, because because I, I wanted to ask you about this. So yeah. you have got wind of an interesting yes smart roadster opportunity. Well, these things come to me, Richard. Um, but <laughs> I I was I was I was filming uh, the other week, a couple of weeks ago, in Europe's most advanced salvage yard, and mm. it was really exciting. I I, I had a, a had a hell of a time there because I was just fascinated by this 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 new process. It is as far away from the old scrapyards um, that you can imagine. That there was no geezer in a porter cabin smoking uh, with a dangerous dog, and oh. he didn't just point to the end of the yard and say, "I think what you want's down there somewhere on the left." Can't remember if it's well, been have, smashed have, up. Have or they not. now? Have they now got like a robotic Alsatian on a chain? It, honestly, it's so well. A, it's quite clean. B. What? Yeah, like everything's on a database. It's all data driven. So cars oh. come in, they instantly get a QR code. They they their their history is constantly tracked back from any part that's dismantled. So you can take 200 parts off the car, you'll still be able to trace it back to what that car was, its VIN, what accident what it was in know? or what scenario it was to do with. So it's like this sort of aero industry was or has been for years yeah. where everything is trackable always. That's useful. Oh, it's brilliant, and it will, and they'll buy the cars that they've bought because they know that they um, are worth it to either weigh in for just metals and um, mm. and other materials, or they'll know exactly what bits they're going to take off that car before it's even come off the transporter, and then it goes through all these incredible processes. I mean, they 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 refilter all of the fuels that come out of it and save them and they sell it back to their staff at a discounted rate and then and then they run the what? they run the the cranes and a couple of the forklifts on the diesel with the ones that haven't been converted to electric yeah they got oh. they got a solar farm on the roof that powers the crusher the car crusher is fully electric oh. and then the rest of the, the most of the yard is indoors and it runs on oh it runs on a factory 
you know, like a factory assembly line where you have r- rails or lines, as they call mm. them, don't they? And you have teams mm. of people that, that do a certain job, move it on to the next group, certain job, move it on to the next group. This is exactly mm. how the dismantling process works. So it's they've, they've reversed the assembly line idea yeah. um, for end-of-life cars. Brilliant. And there's natural end-of-life, and then there's like unnatural end of life cars which yeah which made me laugh because it just sounds so so <laughs> it's, it's all slightly <clears throat> humanizing it it is very cute way, you do it? you go so so hang on natural end of life right so old car loads of mot yeah. failures can't be bothered to repair it or or whatever um yeah un, unnatural end of life uh three-year-old mini cooper goes down the road on its roof because someone did something yeah. wrong um, so yeah, we followed the process of like dismantling a couple of quite new cars that were you know mm. unnatural end of life, and just watching how this all unravels. And it's they they can dismantle a car right from it coming off the transporter mm. to being in boxes on a shelf like an Amazon warehouse, yeah, in like six hours. Really? Yeah, I kid you not. Crikey. I've seen it happen. With they've got photo booths with all that they photograph the parts in that get packaged up, weighed. I put on a shelf there's 70,000 parts on a shelf um that are all logged by GPS forklift trucks so they know where everything is and they've all arranged the parts according to their weight and size of the boxes that they're in I mean it's mind-boggling I have to say I don't know if anyone else is interested in it but I wanted to share no, I it. find this really interesting would they have a tiny little rubber bung for the fuel filler flap on a Fiat Panda because mine's missing and it means that the flap doesn't sit flush with the exterior of the car I know the it's ones like, it's like a it's yeah. like a, it's a are they generic do you think th- that'll be a Fiat generic part almost certainly but they will have yeah. it. They will probably have it. I've, I've, I've tried searching, and it's like, I feel like I'm going to have to buy a whole fuel filler flap, which I don't think is very expensive, but it's annoying because I don't need a whole fuel filler flap. I just need a tiny little rubber well, bun. If you want, I can have it a... sit properly. Well, I... Look, to You're going to speak to your people. I can speak to my people. The, 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 I've got people. The salvage yard's called uh, Charles Trent, uh, Trent, Trent Re- Vehicle Recycling Limited. Charles Trent? It sounds more like a painting restorer. Oh, well. Charles Trent. Hey. They've, Oil works, especially. Do you know what? They've been in the business since 1926, taking cars apart. Really? Yeah, way. Wow. Way. That's, that's They've got photos going back to the same yard that we were in when there were just pre-war cars just, just l- languishing all over this field in pieces. And it, so you look at what was a 100-year-old scrapyard, it's ridiculous. So uh, when they're doing this dismantling, I mean, it's really impressive that they could do it in six hours because, I mean, you certainly couldn't build a car in six hours, I think. But uh, I guess dismantling... Because what I was wondering is, are there... Is there anything that is sort of notorious for being really hard to take apart? Oh, my gosh. They go, oh, yeah, bloody hell, the bumpers on a frigging three-series, they're a nightmare Oh, the guys on the line who who are trained mechanics, but they obviously have to deal with a different car every single time. And they get 15 Mm. to 20 minutes to do their job. Otherwise, a a red light starts flashing and they pretty much get told off. Ooh, I don't like that. So they don't have much time. Well, when I say told off, what they do is that if the red light flashes, that means they're out of their allocated time and they need to call for help. So right, there's a good okay. there's a good camaraderie on there. So uh, that one of the mm. other groups of people will come over and help them. But they one of yeah. them said what they've all got their pet hates. One of them says trying ah. to get the, trying to get the engines out of French cars is surprisingly hard. Really? Much, <laughs> yeah. They said there's, there's certain there's certain like captive bolts that you can't get to the back of, and they seize, ah, right. and you end up having yeah. to sort of cut the engine out. 
Um, one guy said, have you ever tried to take the door off a new beetle? And I said, no, I haven't. (laughs) And he said, he said at the bottom, the bottom hinge, the bottom bracket for the door, Mm. he said, you have to take all of the, the inner wings apart um, to get to the bolt because you have to go in through the wheel arch to get to it. And he says, it's ridiculous. He says, it's ridiculous. Is that because it's a design thing that's led to that? Yeah. So he said, we do, front wings. yeah, and they're quite desirable parts, the doors, for secondhand reuse. So, yeah, yeah. so they were telling us all about this. And we had a 2019 Mini Cooper in that hadn't done many miles. It had gone down the road on its roof, and it had loads of salvageable mm. bits. And one of those bits were the rear light clusters. And they'd never taken the light clusters out of a Mini that new, so they were learning on the, on the job. Oh. And you had to take an enormous of, bit of, amount of stuff out to get to the... Because you can't... You can't force it because you don't want to damage the plastic tabs because if you damage yeah, it, yeah. then it can't be the sort of certified grade A part that they want it to be. And then you yeah. can't charge the money you want to charge or insurance companies won't use it. Because this was the part of the story that insurance companies are using more and more certified green parts, as they call it. So it's been they fully are, yeah. fully inspected. It's an OEM part, that much you know, off a real car. Yeah. And yeah. it's gone through various um, people to prove that it is what it is and it will fit perfectly well. And in a world where post-pandemic supply issues are a nightmare, but also there's a lot, you, you and many people listening to this will probably know that pattern parts can be awful. There's a real patchy yeah. quality mm. of pattern parts. So sometimes yeah, it's better, is... better the devil you know. You go, all right, my Fit 100 horsepower Panda's got... a a stoved-in tailgate. I want a real OEM Panda tailgate. I don't want a Panda. Yeah, I don't want some some shit that turns out to be a parallelogram. I won't go. In. <laughs> well, no, because you're I'm finding this with the top mounts actually. Because you know, I said I need a new top mount on my on my Panda on the front strut and uh, top uh, top top knot top knot. Yeah, because uh, it's a very metrosexual car, and I uh, I I was talking to someone who knows their stuff, and they just went, "Don't fall for it and get the cheapo pattern ones." Uh, off you know sort of you know the car parts sites where they'll just list lots of the same part of different makes and you just went don't don't get tempted by the cheapo ones spend a little bit more and get these ones because they're just better it's it's, it's absolutely it's, true i'm about to do this with a honda but you know what someone was telling me someone uh, who knows their stuff in this area was telling me this is what is feeding the thefts of range rovers on mass is because insurance companies in the past few years have increasingly insisted on used parts to repair damaged Range Rovers yep. because Land Rover parts are very expensive. And so a stolen Range Rover can be parted out and sold for a lot of money in bits, and that's what makes it worthwhile, more than the equivalent X5 or ML or something. Uh. A Range Rover or Spolt is an extremely valuable asset as a as a, a you know a box of or, or crates of parts and so that's why they're getting nicked once they were nicked and sent abroad now they're just nicked and stripped and then fed into the system because there is great demand for high quality used range rover bits because insurance companies are now telling garages not to buy new oem stuff because it's so fucking expensive well there so we I go. Was told. it's true it's true it's it's a it's a big problem yeah big problem mm. 
I, anyway, I, I, there is a, there is a video. By the time you listen to this cast, there's a video where I walk around this scrapyard. Uh, so they don't like calling it scrapyard. A vehicle dismantler, vehicle recycling centre, yeah. whatever. Um, <laughs> they so, need a, they need to go private ambulance on this, don't they? And come up with a, an especially <laughs> euphemistic title for private ambulance. <laughs> Forgot about the private ambulance. Yeah, it's a dead body van, isn't it? No, it's a private ambulance. We just painted it black because we yes. like it. We, we, we're goth. An, am- we're goth, an ambulance insights that the person has a chance of getting better yes <laughs> no no this person private this private person's changes not everything breathing. what are they with booper yes they're going straight yeah. to a booper place where they'll get revived that's what's good so happen. maybe this this scrapyard should be called a, a private garage oh yeah so you're a garage you fix cars um not quite yes but in private don't look don't look in here you won't <laughs> like it oh my god you've taken it apart um Oh, that sounds fascinating. I will, it's really I enjoy good watching that, and and yeah, also that's, that's I, cool. it, 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 it's just bizarre how you, they they can do same day or next day delivery on parts. Well, I mean, the main thing I need is top mounts, so I think I'll go new for those. Yeah. But um, but, uh, but if they've got a fuel filler flap bung, I am all over them. You particularly are in. unless it turns out that it's like ninety quid or something, in which case I'll just put a bit of black tack in there and we'll be fine. Um, just use a licorice all sort, yeah, and some spray mount. <laughs> Oh Christ! I've just remembered. What? I, well, I, <laughs> What's the matter? <laughs> it's such a stupid thing. I just remembered in the glove box of my panda. I think there's still some licorice all sorts, but also I <laughs> was on my way somewhere like two weeks ago now, <laughs> and I stopped at a, a, a you know just like a little village shop to get something to drink and and I bought. I couldn't resist. They still had hot cross buns, even though this was after Easter. And I love a hot cross bun. So I bought a four-pack of hot cross buns. I ate two of them during my journey. And the other two are still in the glove box. Probably, they're probably hard enough to be used. I'll just break a bit off and use it as a fuel flat bung now. Cause oh, that, a bit of, like, but, really hard hot cross bun. Yeah. Do you not like hot cross buns? I can't resist Do you them. know what? I, I don't like the um, the orange skin. Oh. No, can't do the orange skin. No, but that's... that's no, well, see, that's one of my... Favorite bits, I Is like it? that, and I like that sort of, I like that roulette sense that you don't know quite what you're going to get. You might get a bit of the orange stuff. Bit of I used to, I used to like the taste, but I used to detest striking um, a, a segment of orange skin. So what I used to do, I used to actually, <laughs> I used to, I used to actually dissect hot cross buns. If if Mum gave me one, I would cut it open, <laughs> then cut it open again, then cut it open again, and I would take carpaccio of hot cross bun to just see if I could see. If I took some cross sections of it, I'd know where all of the mystery rogue pieces of orange. I know I'm I'm an idiot and complete fluke, okay. absolute I'm, stroker no, of a it, man. I'm not fussy um, anymore. Well, just so good. you know, I'm not fussy anymore. No, oh, I see. I am. Unfortunately, it's a it's a constant um, pain in the ass. Quite frankly, I wish I wasn't, but I am. Um, <laughs> I know, I know, guys. Deal with listen. It. Guys, so work, oh, I know what well, I know. We were going to talk about the salvage yard because while we we're at the salvage yard, oh. right, there was this huge amount of racking on one side of the yard outside. And I said, Well, what mm. are those cars doing over there? Because they're not being dismantled. He said, Oh, those are either being processed by the insurance, so they haven't des- there's a dispute or they haven't decided if the car's going to be written off, or it, mm. it's not written off, it's going to be going through a salvage auction where it can be repaired and gone back on the road. Hmm. So I was looking around there, and then the magpie in me 
a car pervy magpie. <laughs> I just saw I saw a gl- I saw a glint of of paintwork, and I went, "Oh!" Right on the top shelf, so it's really high. Was a smart roads to Brabus in this yes. really vivid kind of green, and I went, "Bloody hell! Look at that! What's the score?" And I, I actually made a couple of excuses over the course of the day to walk over there. <laughs> But it was so high up, I couldn't get to it. It's like as high as a pylon. I was like, I'm not going up there. So I said, what's the crack with the... I wrote wrote down the registration number, and the, the chap who was showing mm. me around, the COO, said, I, I can see you're interested. He said, I'll, let me, I'll go on the database, and I'll let you know, but I'll email you. And he emailed me the day after I got home. He sent me this email and mm. said, I've um, done a bit of research, and it turns out that it's the insurance have decided to not, um, not repair it, but it's... Um, it's a Brabus, and it's um, it's got some mysterious electrical issues, and the roof doesn't work very well. But it's and it but right. it's but it looked he took it down off the ramp and and cleaned it to take pictures of it to send to me, which is really lovely. And he yeah. said uh, it, it will be for sale, and we can probably do you a keen deal. And I was like, oh gosh, here we go. Mm. So I don't know the ins and outs, but rest assured, <laughs> the car magpie in me is. It's fighting to get out and go, look, it's a, it is a car that I've always liked, that much we know. And um, so I'm going to see. Yeah. I'm going to see. It's quite you as well, because it's sort of, you know, small and lightweight and so quite efficient and, you know, not... I know you like, you know, because you've got your insight mm. and, and you I, like a, a kind of I, intriguing coupe. I do. I do. And I, the phone, unfortunately, hasn't rung from... Um, dr gordon murray yet and so because i'm still waiting for the murray to phone me up and go i've still not done anything with my smart roads to coupe i'm I'm a busy guy i've got t50 t33 blah 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 etc etc so can you can you why don't you take it on and then i'll have a drive of it now and then please don't do anything stupid with it like put a small block iron chevy v8 in it um, and uh, I, don't, I don't think there'd be any room left for you. No, if you, if you they are really small. They are very small, which is what really what makes small. them a great thing, right? They're a great piece of packaging. Yeah, yeah, it does. So the, the dream is the dream is for the, the phone to ring and Gordon to go. I know you keep asking about it. You can buy it off me on the proviso that if you ever sell it, I'll have it back or something. I do you know what? I I've got a VW ID five. Uh, press car at the moment as an annoying car yeah and it did that thing i watched by the way your aura cat uh sort of sum up after your few months with it was really good oh did you like that i was yeah very honest i I, I respected your honesty yeah yeah that's the thing and you know you weren't doing a hatchet job you you said what was good about it but you also pointed out there's got some what sound like some fairly major flaws but i was thinking about this when i was driving the id5 because you were saying about the Aura Cat having this sort of ridiculously intrusive lane keep and things, and just all the systems, the safety systems, not being sort of calibrated quite as well as they should be. That's right. I was driving on a very narrow road, like where you can only get one car through between parked cars either side, downhill, and it curves, as a lot of streets around here do. Yeah. And out of nowhere, the ID5 decided to slam on the brakes. Really? And. But it only did a dab. It did a hard dab. Imagine you sort of punched the brake pedal as hard as you could and then just let off again. Because that's what it did. It clearly realised the error of its ways immediately. But it scared the shit out of me because it was like, boom. And, I, I, and, you know, red things start flashing on the dashboard. And then it let off. 
But when it comes from nowhere, on a road I've driven down a thousand times, and I know perfectly well I'm not going to crash, it's just it's got a sort of funny curvature, and, you know, it looks like you're going to drive into a parked car, yeah, perhaps, yeah. to an idiot computer, but you're not. And I was perfectly in control of the car, so fuck off, Volkswagen. It's just, <laughs> it was infuriating. It's just such an irritating car. There's so many things that are just not quite right about it. And then I, I got into It's also got a Beetleback, hasn't it? Hasn't it got a... It's a horrible-looking car, I think. It's one of it's, those... Apart from the wing that cuts the back window, which is quite stylish, but otherwise it's just a lumpen oaf of a car. And um, It's my least favourite genre thing. of vehicle, as we now know. Yeah, that's it. It's a SUV. dickhead genre of car, and it's a particularly weak example of that. And I got back into our e-up, and it's just so much more user-friendly and it's also small and this is what i was going to say is i've just i've just realized I, at the moment i'm absolutely in love with small cars i just like being able to you know put them places i got into a parking space you would not credit the other day in my panda it's just like full kind of squeeze it in with vaseline and i just i thought <laughs> the small jack- roaster would fit in that you've been jackknifing that, that, your way in of you yeah. <laughs> do you want to anyway. on a bit of goose fat with that or are you okay yeah just, I've got, <laughs> funny, dirty funny you should say that right? steam rally do you know we get sent oh. a lot of steam rally oh my related. god and we're into the season now aren't we we're fully into the se- oh, <laughs> season it's of, amazing of people sending us static <laughs> engines <laughs> I had a really good one the other day with a pulsing water pipe <laughs> did you <laughs> Is that the one? No, which was the one with the skeleton on it that I just thought was just properly creepy? And oh horrible. yeah, that was my that was my mate from college, Jody. He went to a steam rally, well, car classic car event type thing in Somerset, and he said, "Oh, you'll like a bit of this with the podcast." <laughs> and it was yeah, it was a stationary engine running a, an alternator that was then running uh, something else. I can't actually remember, but it was a skeleton on a children's <laughs> tricycle. <laughs> Horrible. It was. It was a bit. Yes. Just but horrible. the one I found was yeah, it was a stationary engine running a water pump, which was filling I don't know a huge receptacle and then and then trickling back round to another receptacle. But it was the water pump was attached to a huge flexible pipe, and because it was a big piece of flexible pipe, every time it, it the the stationary engine chugged and and pumped, the whole pipe just flexed across the floor like a spasm. Mm. It was it was mm. a particularly sexual station engine saga, and I and I like, <laughs> and it just made me go. We 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 need to hold our own steam rally rogan event. I feel we we need to get. Well, I'm going to take you to one, and you're going. Okay, I'm going to give well. you some loads of supermarket cider, and you can wear braces over the over the top of your shirt. Oh, can I? Yes, great. Yes, you can, and we'll, and a Fred Dibner hat. Yeah, and I'm going to wear rigger boots and a train driver's cap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Um, we should start to wrap this up, but before we do, uh, important announcement: we were talking belatedly last week about our next live show in Bristol. That's all sold out now. Um, Thanks so to everyone. Tickets. Yeah. Thank you to everyone who bought a, who's ticket, bought a for ticket for the Bristol show. We will see you there. Um, in uh where are we now in next week sort of next week isn't it well so yes it'll be uh, on the 19th but you know that if you bought a ticket or i hope you do we'll see you there thank you for buying a ticket but we've got another live show coming up um and it's in london so frigging leafy london town (laughs) on the 7th of june wednesday the 7th of june 
uh, as part of the London Concourse Show, which is at the Honourable Artillery Company in uh, well, sort of in kind of the city of London. This promises to be a very, um, very good, well-heeled car it'll event. Be, yes. So um, the we'll put all the uh, tickets details on uh, social media, but that's uh, that's in June, Wednesday, the seventh of June. Smith and Sniff live in London. Um, we hope to see you there. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a good one, and uh, yeah, I can't That's, wait. Yeah. It's the, we've been talking about doing one in the capital, and we asked yeah. we asked King Charlie. He said, "Yeah, make it happen." And it's fine. I'll, I'll tell I'll you what, turn up. lads. Let me get let me get my coronation out of the way, and then I'll I'll sweep I'll block up, it out and the then diary. The city's yours. Yeah. And then knock yourself out, lads. Said. I'll swing by in my A4 Allroad. I might have another one by then. <laughs> Can't say. Now we should add as well. If you uh, buy a ticket for the uh, the live show in London, you will then get emailed a code to get you into the London Concourse event. So you sort of get that thrown in. So you get, nice. so you get to see cars, and then you get to hear see us cars, talking about cars, so almost cars, yeah, all out on the lawns, beautiful cars on the the the. The vistas, the the lovely uh, grass at the <laughs> no, Artillery no, Company. No piss vistas, please. It's not that kind of no. event. <laughs> and then you can come indoors to the hall and uh, hear us talking bobbins. Uh, so that's that's all next month. Hope to see you there if you're in London or the South East or you can be bothered to travel. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I think I'll be... We are oh, awful. I'll I'll come down in probably a heavily body filled Mitsuoka Vute and I'll put it on in the concourse. Yeah, I won't be invited back again. Well, um, I I was hoping to come in the Vute because you'd be there in an insurance write off smart roadster <laughs> with chronic electrical problems. <laughs> oh yes, I I do apologise. Yes, you take the Vute on that particular one. Yeah, and, uh... Bits of baguette falling out of the bodywork where I've badly. <laughs> patched it up and then I stayed. Well, Paul Hollywood um, is invited. Right. If he wants to do some marzipan, yes. marzipan roof gutter yeah. repair, he's more yeah. than welcome. All right, then. Well, uh, that's that for this. But uh, before we go, I have three things to tell you. Uh, they are one. Johnny has a solo YouTube channel. It's called The Incubate Corncrakes Show, <laughs> in which Johnny tries to help endangered migratory birds by keeping their eggs warm. Uh, this week, he's in the Outer Hebrides squatting over a nest again. Uh, if that's not to your taste because it's absolute dog shit, then there's, of course, The Late Break Show, an excellent YouTube channel full of videos about cars and people who love them. Um, yeah, Aura Cat. Check out the Aura Cat. And advanced, gra- advanced salvage yard scenarios. And, and the salvage yard as well, yes. That's... Uh, I'm going to look forward to watching that. Um, second thing I've got to tell you, well, we've done the live shows, haven't we? So, uh, Oh, I've got books out. Yeah. Yes, uh, Boring Car Trivias, one, two, and three. Four on its way, but only if you buy more of the first three. Otherwise, I just won't be bothered. <laughs> um, the third thing I've got to tell you is that Brian Adams signed his first record deal for $1. What? A&M Records. This is 1979. A&M Records, I think they wanted brian adams songs and as a sort of token gesture they signed him as a an artist in his own right for a symbolic one dollar but then brilliantly well first of all brilliantly brian adams became a global superstar and uh, made them a lot of money but also he insisted that they actually gave him his one dollar and apparently he still has the check oh, for one dollar. Oh, the man of principle. Yeah, love it. Well, what was the album cover um, where he was sitting on his Land Rover County? Oh, yes. It's pre-Defender, um, I'm sure. 
Yeah, yeah, I think it was. And it's on White Wellers, which always offended me. I always thought, he's got enough money to buy better quality (laughs) wheels. I just want to put that out there. Hang on, let's have a look. What was that album called? Hang on. Uh, Ryan Adams' Land Rover. Here we go. It it was back 91. It It was Prince of Thieves era. I think it's, but was it a greatest hits? This looks like it's the greatest hits because it's got it starts with summer of '69 and then it's got run to you and oh okay can't stop this thing we started and stuff like that on the back cover certainly he's sitting on the top of it. Uh, is it? It is. Yeah, it's a pre defender. So it's a so it's a ninety is it county. Uh, can't see because they put some small print over the doors where That's the stickers might be. It doesn't look like is it. On white letter tires. Who knows? White letter tires. There's another photo of him. I can't see the tyres. That must be a different photo. But there's a photo of him here where he's got... Um, he probably listens to the podcast. Brian, if you're listening, white letter tyres and white wellers. And is it a county? And have you still got it? It looks like he's also got... I think he's got a Series 2. We need to know about Brian, Brian anyway, Adams. I seem to have slightly got distracted yes, by Brian, <laughs> Brian Adams' Land, Land Rover first. Possibly a, one for... Uh, uh, a later date anyway um that's quite enough of that for now but um thank you ever so much for listening we'll be back doing this all again uh, next week but until then goodbye bye now until then goodbye bye bye In the words of Brian Adams, cannot stop this thing we've started. (laughs) And all that. Yeah. (laughs) That does sort of apply to this podcast. Well, but other massive hits. Summer of 69 on that side of things. (laughs) (laughs) Everything I do, brackets, I do it for you. Double brackets, basically, and nothing. That's brilliant. Gosh. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.